that's easily the most beautiful it. thing that anybody has said about me ever. <laughs> <laughs> So you guys, so you guys did the, you guys did the fair? Yeah. Yes, it's done. And it's done. God, and it was, it was, it was good. It wasn't fantastic, great. It, w- I made some money. Yeah, yeah. I definitely have to get right back to work. Yeah. You know, I don't know if I'd ever do it again. Yeah, yeah. I might, you know, only because like the bulk of the prep stuff would already be done. You know, like the ideas of displays and what to get ready and what I need is already like kind of figured out. So not so much energy would be going into that. Mm-hmm. It would just be going into like making stuff that would sell. And I would, you know, probably lean more towards what sold more this mm-hmm. time around because certain things that wound up selling more were unexpected. Okay. okay. You know, the, there were a few surprises and there were a few expected things that worked out well. Yeah, you know, that, that I thought this is going to do well, and it did. And um, but it, I mean, it, I I cut pretty close to, to to breaking even. Yeah, yeah, sure. Like a little, maybe like a a drop above breaking even, mm-hmm. which is okay compared to you know taking a loss. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's as a once one time thing a year. It's not enough. For, for me to put so much energy in, and that's the way any of those street fairs and stuff are though like you can't you can't just do it one time and win and it's not you know it's not a lottery like those people they all have very specific setups they have a schedule yeah they're going across the country if not just the state mm-hmm. you know dropping it yeah they're fairs. probably popping around all around yeah. massachusetts this so like the different towns there's like arlington and, and cambridge are probably yeah. popping around all these areas yeah, Western what, Mass and everything else yeah yeah, yeah. and mm-hmm. and they probably have stores where they like have their stuff mm-hmm. yeah you there's know, a few well. people that come through new york who actually hire me to go out to like you know fucking javits or whatever and set up their booths for them whenever they're in the city mm-hmm. and they're you know they're seven months out of the year they're traveling around with their their stuff mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. and hitting different fairs and different events and trying to just trying to hawk their shit yeah i, I think the great. thing is too with certain areas too it's it, it, it's it's about the, it's about the repeat too it's about them seeing you coming you, you know seeing you again the next time you're there and, and then mm-hmm. you know remembering you from last time and all that yeah shit too. yeah and yeah, they so. hook up with a lot of they hook up with a lot of vendors and stuff that way too yeah because what ends up happening is the vendors will uh, the vendors hit those trade shows, and then um, and then like work out deals or contracts or whatever to have a few items in their stores or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so that I mean that's it's just I mean it's like any other fucking job. Like if you're gonna do it, you have to kind of devote enough time to it to be bored with. I was very much a voyeur in the whole in the whole process because. I, I hopped in, and it's not something I'm going to do, you know, year-round. Mm-hmm. It's my style to, like, do this again with the same setup and mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. I like things changing too much. I don't think I'm cut out for that sure. behavior. Was there and a lot of people? Was there, like... There was a lot of people. Yeah. The weather was fantastic. That's what the other question was asked. Sunny and not too windy. There were a few, like maybe five moments where I thought the tent was going to take off, but it <laughs> together really well. 
You know, sometimes, you know, Marcus would be at one end, just like leaning on the pole casually, but <laughs> oh, holding it down. The entire day. Hello, hello, ladies. You know, just welcome. Like, welcome to the tent. Just like leaning up. What are you holding up the wall? Actually, yes. He's holding up the wall. <laughs> collapsing or flying off but it, it was it was a lot of people and some friends came out which was nice and um some you know good conversations a lot of kids and dogs and you know what do you expect from you know, massachusetts town street fair mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i i mean i would do it again if it wasn't that much stress to do it like at this time like if I was rectified at the time, if I wasn't worried about you know what's going on with at home or 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 like I'm like stressed with money, you know I like if I had a choice to either do that or something else to try to make the rent, I would probably go with something else. Yeah, yeah, because it, I mean you you already already have the stress going on as it is, and then it's like why add this other yeah. fucking elements to my life when I could be just trying to yeah. do it th- th- through the uh, online storefront or whatever else. You know? Yeah, I'll I'll have a better idea once we crunch all the numbers what actually sure. happened and went through. Yeah, you know, from money spent on materials and the booth and all that then well and stuff like this is all cold calling too it's not like it's not like you bring your reputation to a street fair yeah you know it's like who knows who i mean like you were saying before like if i I figured out exactly what would sell and what wouldn't sell but who the fuck knows like whatever random trend is in place right when when you know when the fair happens is is what people are going to be excited about or whatever yeah People are changed. You know, one, they're receptive to things very, very differently. One year it'll be fidget spinners, and the next year it'll be, <laughs> you know, Billy, Billy the Big Mouth Bass, and you know, fucking, who fucking knows yeah. what people want to buy. And I'm, if I walk that line with fine art, it's it's it makes it even harder. Yeah, you know. Yeah, that's going to be more stress than just. I mean, the the most the most curious thing was the guy who came in, who thought was wondering if like he treated everything in the booth like it was to- there were toys wondering like thought there were toys and if they were okay to put in the bath like <laughs> you know, don't really get it. this no it's not a bath toy banging them against the table seeing how durable they are and shit <laughs> it did say floating golden houses some people just totally you know mm, yeah. you don't get it completely yeah but, um, most people in this world don't really get it completely. So you know, I don't sleepwalking through life. Well, let's uh, let's uh, we go introduce our, mm-hmm. our friend we have here. Let's do it. Uh, we we seem to be rolling right in the conversation as normal. Hi, you know, Dave. But let's say hello to our dear friend Marcus Poston. Hi, Join Marcus. Uh, hi, guys. Thanks Sit for coming here. on the show. Beside it's my me. pleasure. It's a, a bit of a surprise and also a pleasure to be on the show. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, should we? I want to get into the history how how we all know each other, how 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 you guys know each yep. other. What's nope. the, what's what's the background? Because I mean, there's a there's a lot there's a lot there between. There's a lot. If I, I tell you, I have to kill you. Yeah, well, Mark, Marcus, Marcus, and I, uh, we 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 were roommates for God, how how long? Like 11, 10, 12, 10 years, around ten years, somewhere around wow. the ten year period, give or take. And we worked years. together before, though. But we were, we were, yeah. I mean, we were together. <laughs> Marcus and I have been side by side, like pretty much, the, like the heyday of ninety three Second Avenue uh-huh. was was Marcus and I living together on the avenue during. He was with me during the heyday of Strict Nine Gallery. He was yeah. with me during the heyday of Goldmine Shit House. Like he has been my 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 buddy and 
um, partner in crime. Oh, for a good wow. decade or so. <laughs> we, we danced together like no one was watching. No, well, you could go there. <laughs> Only when the lights went down. Partner in crime is a, is a safe phrase it's to use. It's pretty true. It's pretty true. I don't, I don't think, um, LOL. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, no, can I use that one? Can I use that one on this podcast? Is that trademark infringement? <laughs> as long as you put that little uh, circle with the C there, you know, <laughs> after it. The, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's that pretty much covers it. I mean, uh, also, I hit it through Hi-Fi. Like, we met originally through Hi-Fi mm-hmm. because um, some, an, another bartender who was working there. That's what I was wondering, because it, it, it was through Hi-Fi that you guys ran, ran into each other, right, initially? Yeah. There was a friend of his, Sean, from San, his days in San Francisco, mm-hmm. who mentioned to me one day, because I was looking for a roommate. This is uh, early on in, when I was living in 93 Second Avenue, and I just recently became sort of the caretaker of the space. Like, everybody else who was originally living there when I moved in kind of left mm-hmm. and left me in charge of finding roommates and all that kind of responsibility. And so I put word out, we needed a roommate at the loft, and Sean Messo mentioned... Oh, I have friend Marcus. You would love him. He, he would be perfect for you. Mm-hmm. You know, and so okay. So he introduced, you know, simultaneously introduced him to me as well as Mike Studo, uh, who's uh, owner of, of Hi-Fi. And um, he not only got a job at Hi-Fi, he wound up getting a room at 93 Second Avenue. Yeah, that's a funny fucking story, though. All right, let's hear that. All right, so I was living, I was living on what Orchard and Broom with uh, a young lady. Who I thought was an adult, and um, <laughs> and uh, I'd been living with her for like six months or so, and uh, and so I had seen the space at, at Second Avenue, but it was very small and very loud and very gross, and I was like, no, I can live with this pretty lady and cook, you know, Italian food all day. It's good, fucking awesome. I'm gonna stick with that. And uh, one day, uh, David and I both did a shift at Hi-Fi. Went home, it's like 6 o'clock in the morning, and uh, my girlfriend started shaking me awake. She was panicked. Oh, boy. Said, you have to get up, you have to get out. And I said, what are you talking about? Is there a fire or something? She said, no, my parents are coming. Oh, God. And I said, and I said okay, well, tell I thought them I was your roommate. Yeah. <laughs> tell them to sleep and go do something with them. I'll be up later. She's like, no, they don't know that you you live here, and they're going to fucking be mad at me, so you have to get out. So I kind of stumble. I'm like, I, I'm barely even asleep, let alone awake, and I, I kind of stumble around, and I put some clothes on, and I go out into the hallway, and all of my shit is in little bags in the hallway. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> already had packed all my shit when she found out her parents were on the way and because i didn't have anything i'd only been in the city for like nine months um and so like yeah so like i just i walked out the door it was like a a guess who's not coming to dinner (laughs) (laughs) it's like sydney poitier out on his ass like like, like spencer tracy's like nope the producer's like this 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 is not gonna work like this he's like absolutely not the movie's over in five minutes (laughs) there's no way it's happening so yeah, man. Like I, I literally grabbed my shit and uh, 
I was I couldn't stand in front of the building. I was afraid that you know I was going to get shotgunned by the Klan or some <laughs> shit. Um, so I walked over to Second Avenue because I knew David had a, a a place like a spare room that I could oh, use. Oh, So I walked over. It was like eight o'clock in the morning. I I buzzed a few times, woke David up. I'm like, basically, it turned into, "Hey, is that room still open?" <laughs> he goes, "Yeah." I'm like. I'll take it. <laughs> and then he was like, cool, I'm going back to bed, idiot. <laughs> I was like, all right, that, that's, and, and that's, that's how I moved into second avenue. Did you, and now, then, did you, did you go right in at that point or did you come back later? Oh, you no, just went right was, in there for a cycle back That was literally it. Like, I already had my shit. Yeah, I yeah. didn't have to move out after it been moved out. So that's really yeah, awesome. very can movers, movers. Awesome. Every every once in a while, like for like the next couple of months, I would talk to that girl, and um, she would try to tell me about how she was sorry that happened, and I was like, "That's fine." But I'm not um, moving back. <laughs> she had no idea what, what what a service she did for you. It's like. I mean, thank you for saving me from, I guess, your parents. So yeah. let me. So 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 when you were there for that six months prior, now were you, did you just come from San Francisco at that point, or, mm -hmm. or were you okay? Yeah, I moved. I moved. Uh, I moved from San Francisco on the fourth of July of two thousand four. Okay. And uh, and um, had just got like I was. I stayed with a friend up on ugh, up on like sixty first and first wow. for a couple of months. Nice neighborhood. Ugh. And started looking for jobs and trying to get work and shit and trying to get into the New York groove, you know, yeah, yeah. copyright infringement. What would... <laughs> what, what, had, you, had you been to New York before to visit or? Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's yeah. like, I mean, even like in the early 90s, I'd been coming out here and just loving the city and. You know, walking through the village and feeling the the energy mm. or whatever it is that New York has to offer, and uh, yeah, I loved it, man. Yeah. I loved I loved coming out here, and I loved going back to other places like either Denver or San Francisco or whatever, and, and like trying to apply that energy to whatever I was doing in my life there. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, you're originally from Denver, right? Yeah, yeah, originally from Denver, and. Um, yeah, I thought it would be cool to, at 30, come to New York and, and give it a shot before I got too old and too settled yeah. you know, to, yeah. to, to, to take that risk. So Yeah, the, the body and the mind and the soul heals quicker when you're younger from New York City. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, anybody yeah. Who's it is decided. kind of like a young man's game to, to get into, and then it's like, you know, if you're yeah. still there when yeah, you're older. You, yeah, you move to New York, you got to expect, like, to do it, to make it, to try it, to give exactly. it a go. you got to expect get the it. shit kicked out of you. Yeah. 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 You and know. now at 44, I'm getting the shit kicked out of me much better. Yeah. Uh, with, uh, with you. Yeah. I'm much more experienced and capable yeah, of getting you, the shit kicked out of me now. Yeah, you, <laughs> your calluses are nice and hardened, and your bones are spurred. Yeah. Yeah. Back, back when I was fucking 30, yeah, I would have got the shit kicked out of me and then been like, oh, that was fun. I hope I can do that again. Yeah, uh, you learn how to take a punch. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, and fuck, the rest is history at that point. Yeah. I mean, we went, we've been through so much from uh, doing, uh, like, he was introduced to the Goldmine Shithouse, 
and came and participated in a, one of our shows at Metalstone Gallery where oh, right. he painted the whole walls with cuz I knew Marcus originally he was he was introduced to me as a writer mm-hmm. you know this is oh a, a writer okay that's that's an art form right there's another <laughs> artist we get in there and he was he was you know he's a wordsmith and he came and did a whole mural of text for the Goldmichet house of his reaction, his gut reaction to the experience of having to go to my shit house living in our space. Cause we did a residency at the loft at that time. So he got thrown right into it. It was like, okay, welcome, welcome to 93 second Avenue. And this is what we do. Mm-hmm. And he took to it like a duck to water and just became, you know, as a gold shit house is if you're in the peripheral of what's happening at the time, you become an honorary member mm-hmm. if, yeah. if if you if you fit in. Yeah. Either, yeah. either you're expelled if you or you're hang. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and that's how that's how Stu Pockus and and I got to know each other. Mm-hmm. I think the best through like that that shit house and all of the you know falafels and. Yeah, well, yeah. Dance parties and, yeah, yeah. And then, then turned to the poker else. games yeah. and so on and so forth. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. the long nights and yeah, it was it was a, it, yeah. a perfect ingredient to the whole thing that was just sort of starting to happen around that in that area there. That the whole um, momentum was just building at that yeah, time. And a lot of the collaborations started happening and everything else. So, so Marcus, were you doing like? Uh, I mean, I know you were writing and stuff, but were you doing visual art before? Not at all. Before, no. Yeah. Not at all. I mean, it's it's funny actually because I think uh, uh, because I had been hanging out a little bit with with uh, David at Hi-Fi, kind of just like what like watching him sketch in his books and shit, like during happy hours or like when it was slow. Like I think I presented him with a painting of like a of bunch matches. of a bunch of matchbooks matches. Yeah. floating around. I mean, just terrible. But I thought it was cute. Um, it, it was cute. It was, uh, <laughs> I mean, you know, uh, it wasn't a great painting. No, I'll say that. As, <laughs> it as critical cri- criticism goes, you know, uh, it's judging it based on no. It wasn't. It was not. Maybe not an accomplished painting, but the idea was of all these matches in his interpretation of people in the city of these like ignitable things uh-huh. and some things like when one is lit. It spreads mm-hmm. kind yeah, of that. Like that's what I got. Yeah. So the idea, like, I'm like, this guy gets it. This guy's got something going on in his head. You just can't paint. You just yeah. can't paint. <laughs> that's all. <laughs> but I mean, that's that 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 is the perfect distilled distilled fucking uh, truth of that painting yeah. and everything else about that moment. Like, yeah. Which How, is, I mean, it's beautiful. You know, like, it, but it, that's like we just said on the last the last episode when we were talking about the idea of being it's it's not it's not about it's not necessarily about how well you do something it's about the story and it's about the actual composition composition the idea behind the work like you know i could stare at masterpieces of bowl of fruit all fucking day whatever well i I can't because it's just like (laughs) it is you know it's like wow it's an amazing representation of a bowl of fruit but like there's no fucking there's no story there there's no you you know you know there's nothing there and and that's the most fucking important part right there yeah it's true it's true and but i the the fact that i was getting a gesture like this from somebody and i'm already like you know slightly entrenched in the embitterness of living as an artist in new york Mm. at that point that somebody was making a gesture like this to me 
-hmm. Like it, it was, it it was an opening up. Like somebody was making themselves vulnerable in a way that it was, it was as if a gentleman had put their coat down on the puddle for me. And <laughs> it was like a cordial behavior that you know you're not used to getting so much in a city like New York. People are like, hey, what's up? How you doing? Blah blah. Let me buy you a drink. But here, I appreciate you. I've and your your way about you here's a painting mm -hmm. you know it, it was a conversation and I, I knew there was a lot more like interaction to be had that was on a more profound level rather than just a superficial level which you get a lot from in relationships in, in a city like new york mm -hmm. and i never painted again yeah well <laughs> he learned something from that moment and that's also very telling it's like oh he he can see that he can't paint. No, yeah. no no it's true because then i was surrounded by your painting and and stupakis's painting well and and Colin and and Travis and then I was like, this is ridiculous. Well, Why am I bothering with this? Let me do something else. Well, yeah, ex exactly. So that's, so that's what I to go. So what was the first? Because I, I remember the glow. Obviously, I remember the boxes. I got one here. But 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 um. But what was the first thing? Was was the globes the first thing? The first the first thing that I made was a uh, a, a three step Chinese treasure box like a step like a step box. That's right. That's right. As a Christmas present for a lady that I loved very much and was poor, so I couldn't buy her anything. But I knew she would appreciate something that was handmade and something that was um, something that she could put like stuff in and keepsakes and curios. And there she was could a, keep her diaphragm in there, you know, stuff like you that. You know, diaphragm box. And um, yeah, it's a diaphragm. Anybody, are they still using diaphragm? I don't even know. Are those people? So. <laughs> um, but it was it, it, a very impressive piece of utilitarian furniture. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. Was, it was one of. The, it was fucking funny because I, I I had no money. And so, like, I ended up like making hinges out of pieces of like scrap metal, and yeah, like, would make and his own nails. hinges. Yeah, his own like the stuff you would go to the hardware and, store to uh, get. He would just make it. Yeah, <laughs> I pulled I pulled apart a shit ton of old pallets and like used all the wood from that to like put it. To, I mean, it was it's it's still one of the best things that I've ever made, and it had no there was no artistic quote unquote fucking intention to it. I just wanted to make something nice for a pretty lady. Yeah, so <laughs> no pretense to like oh I'm gonna make something artsy or anything. Yeah. Like it was it was pure passion to to make a gift deliver something that would be like fill somebody's heart, and it, yeah. it was it impressed all of us mm -hmm. like the skill of doing something that he's never done before to approach that it, like like the courage like fuck it i'm just gonna make something like that and and it come off so so good he was like our professor he was yeah. the professor <laughs> of he would be able to like take things and just make things yeah. <laughs> like what part did you do for him was he did like everything every part was mm -hmm. just like, from scratch Coconut elevator. Yeah, he made things out of coconuts. <laughs> coconut elevator. I mean, he was, coconut elevator. It was it was it was pretty amazing how that that opened the door to like oh local. You can make stuff. Well, yeah, well, because that ran into the whole like curiosity cabinet. So I don't know if that'd be a proper That's, word. But I mean, what that what happened was is I made that thing and then I gave it away and Hawkbomb was really mad at me for doing so. <laughs> <laughs> that was my embittered entrenched in bitterness that's like, right. you don't give that away <laughs> that's yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> and he said uh you should i mean you should look at joseph cornell's stuff 
and he showed me uh, a book of Cornell stuff, and I was immediately like, yeah, that's super fucking cool. Still didn't really... I didn't really have an like even really the ambition to like be an artist or what have you, mm-hmm. um, but that stuff was fucking awesome. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, you know, as a bartender or barback or whatever, I had shit tons of time on my hands, and I was surrounded by all of this fucking creative energy. And that's just like it was like a perfect recipe to just like well, you can like you can spend your time like playing video games and watching TV, or you could spend your time like doing cool stuff Mm -hmm. and um becoming i don't know like more of a part of what's going on around you at the moment yeah tapping into the energy yeah yeah, tapping into the energy and feeding feeding back the energy yeah yeah yeah, becoming a participant in the whole thing that was going on because i mean it was the kind of thing i couldn't paint so i couldn't do that (laughs) (laughs) i I got nicked pretty quickly But he went from like being a horrible painter to immediately the next thing you do like an amazing assemblage object art maker. Yeah, <laughs> it's like good. I'm glad you dodged that painting. Yeah. Well, that's the thing too. I mean, did you did you did you do woodworking when you were younger? No, you just adapted to it like that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, as as time has gone on, like I'm flabbergasted by the the idea that anything that I ever made didn't fall apart immediately. (laughs) (laughs) As time has gone on, I've been exposed to a lot of things that just make me just, I mean, it's, it's incredible the amount of artistry and, and skill and patience that goes into things like actual, like joinery and and versus, I mean, basically what I still do, which is just bang together pieces of wood with stuff. Yeah, but there's an amazing amount, like so early on within your work, there was an amazing amount of engineer, engine, what the fuck is that word? Yes, like like into it where it's like like things opening and closing and everything needs to line up absolutely perfect in order to make these things work and working with hinges and locks and, you know. There was a so. certain sort of untainted naivety that was a refreshing result rather than an expected sort of like um, chart or, 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 or process following, you know, the, the instruction following kind of looking thing like, right. oh, you know, one for A, B, C, D. He was just his own alphabet kind of thing, yeah. but he was still winding up with a finished result. And that was that was the exciting part about that is that it was untainted you know it wasn't something like another version of something you've already seen it was it was very fresh it was very at one point you were actually cutting light bulbs in half weren't you yeah Yeah. totally no i i i made a living on cutting the bottoms off a light yeah because people love those glass dome things and he wanted to create things with that feeling that 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 material but you know, we were we were poor. We mm-hmm. all our money we ever had went right into rent and bills. Yeah. You know, or food. We, quote unquote, were poor. Yeah, we. Were poor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly right. We were as poor as we are now. now. <laughs> <laughs> but, we're all holding hands, jumping yeah. into the plane. <laughs> And that's that you know if anybody out there at radio podcast land wants to uh yeah but elevate you know some brothers out of some shit but he really <laughs> right? really to 
you know, it took the idea of necessity is, you know, the, the mother of invention. And he invented ways of creating things without it having to, you know, cost an arm and a leg. Mm-hmm. And if it was, he found ways around, like he, he could, you know, he, John Henry, everything. He went right through the fucking mountain. <laughs> John Henry. <laughs> you know? You know, how that, mountain. you know how that little fable ends, right? Yeah, sure. <laughs> I don't know that one, but it's probably a good thing I don't. I don't know. <laughs> um, so, yeah, and, you know, I mean, the crazy thing about all of that, it's totally true, but it um, absolutely it was, it was just trying to... Um, to live up to whatever that next level of expectation was. Like, um, I made that box, and then Hawkbomb was like, you know, Joseph Cornell. And then I was like, oh, cool. Um, and then I, it, we were going to do a salon show. That's right. There was going to be a salon show at the apartment. Mm-hmm. And David was like, you should make something for the salon show. And so I was like, okay, cool. And so I, I started putting that together, and you know, very, very influenced by Cornell and very influenced by the fact that the girl that I made the step box for had broken up with me in between the delivery of the step box and the salon show. So I made like a, you know, a, uh, a, a memento mori sort of, you yeah, know, heart letter, like old letters wrapped up in twine and shit. Um, and, uh, but it was it was literally a matter of like I don't have any materials I don't have I have no idea what the fuck I'm doing so I'm just going to try and put some shit together and as as you as you're putting it together you're like well if this how does this work and it was it was never a matter of like I know what I'm doing I'm creating mm-hmm. an artistic masterpiece finding it along I, the way yeah it was just like if I want if I want this thing to do this then I need to make sure that this piece does this or it is cut down like this or whatever and I would just fuck around with it basically well he I think what he, he Marcus was able to do was take his background in 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 writing and and putting it down a narrative in words and translating that visually Mm. It while also incorporating text and words, but it yeah, not being as yeah in, as literal as reading a line. Like you could read his work as if it was you know prose, mm. and it he was able to translate the, uh, you know his his writing into visual art very well. Yeah, breaking yeah. that down to even the way we're doing the typewriting keys and you yeah, know, and it resonated. I mean, it, that that kind of work resonates with people because it is like poetry. It's it's just a universal sort of uh, trigger to emotional trigger and people responded to that coupled with these elements of, 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 of treating wood like this these natural elements that so his boxes and his, his objects were obviously <coughs> man-made but they were as if they grew out of him rather than yeah. made them. like they were as if he a forest of of his work was growing you know, there was something very organic and very natural about it that I think hit triggers in, in everybody who came across his work. Yeah. And the craziest thing about it is that I have no idea why any of that happened. Because it was not, I think, my opinion, my humble opinion, because it was not pretentious. There were no preconceived ideas of presenting work to people, to an audience, right. in a visual art. Right. And you didn't have any any preconceived ideas of 
of what to expect from yourself from it as well. Mm. So it was unencumbered by that pressure. Mm. It, it was just like, it, it, there was less noise from the outside world right. the, or the outside so-called art world. Yep, yep. You know, so that it was happening very naturally and untainted. And I maybe did you a disservice by handing you that book by Joseph Cornell because now I'm like, oh yeah, here's the world of visual arts that's also mm-hmm. doing stuff like that. Maybe I should have let him go like if i had the resources i would have rushed him away to to a cab a remote cabin <laughs> for five more years and beautiful. then then i'll introduce you to the fact that it, you know uh the, there are people who make objects their heart right. and look what they've done yeah but know? i probably if if that had been the case i probably wouldn't have done any more boxes i would you rush yeah. me off to the cabin and i would have learned how to grow my own food yeah and yeah I, <laughs> Now I'm a farmer. (laughs) (laughs) That's all I want to do now. So fuck. Yeah. Uh, But I think that I mean what you were saying about about uh, intention and pretension, especially Mm -hmm. involved in the art world. That's kind of why I stopped doing like finding joy in doing the art stuff. Yeah. Because as as time went on, you know, like I mean, I got picked up from by Strickland and like uh, got to. I mean. So, so lucky and honored to be, have been able to go and travel the world with my friends and, like, you know, see new places that I never would have seen and, like, do, like, Art like do a lot of really cool shit. But in doing all of that really cool shit, I, I constantly came up um, against the the barrier of I love making the work. I love the people that I make the work with and around. I love installing the work. I love... The, the feeling of being around all of these amazing people who are doing their own work, and then it's time for the show, and I fucking hate it. <laughs> yeah, that, I think that that's still the hardest thing. I, I, will, I mean, that, that's one of the hardest things that there is, is being able to separate that bullshit of that world into right. the actual world of the studio and the people that you surround yourself by that you're inspired by to... to, to to, to make it you know and yeah because because and then once you start involving that art becomes to be something that you're you know making a living from or trying to trying to make a living from yeah. then it opens up fucking pandora's box of like yeah yeah and you start letting certain people you know? into your world that yeah that are, that damn, that you know, are malicious or would yeah. might be able to take advantage or just don't don't understand right. you you know we all understand okay we are trying to make a living we're trying to show art yeah we get it that's the easy part mm-hmm. but the fact that every individual artist comes from a long background of uh you know of the, what they're after what they're what they need to continue to evolve as an artist mm-hmm. and be successful you know those things are often neglected mm-hmm. and depending on who you wind up working with on the other end who's either running the gallery or an agent or whatever you know you 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 could become very uh, vulnerable to their desires absolutely and you know we were very fortunate that we did get to work with Strickland Gallery because we got to meet like Marcus said some of the fantastic people got to travel around the world and do and be presented these opportunities Mm -hmm. and we took on those opportunities and and just like anybody you work with you know it's not about what anybody is expected to do for you the gallery presents you or whoever presents you with the opportunity you take it and you do with it what you can mm-hmm. and it's up to you unfortunately like most people this experience working with strict nine there was a certain amount of malicious 
control that they wanted to have over not just who saw you work, but how you wound up doing your work. Right. Like, and by somebody who really had very poor taste, <laughs> which was an unfortunate ingredient in, yeah. in the whole situation because they knew how to put together the situation, how to, how to put together a venue, an opportunity, bring people together, but had no idea how to behave with people. Like the, the, a, a cold heart can only go so far, and it be, that that it becomes jealous. <laughs> yeah. You know, to be fair, you know, I'll just say she because it was a woman who was running this thing, and I'll say her name. Okay, <laughs> not protect, I'm not protecting anybody. She would become jealous of relationships between other artists in her so-called stable of artists. Right. So if Marcus and I were together and she saw the energy, yeah, put the thing right she wanted to it. come in between yeah, that. Yeah. And that was destructive. And it was based out of jealousy and fear of being abandoned because her background was she was an adopted child. She was left by her original parents. And that was so telling. When I found that out, that was so telling of how I saw she treated other people, including myself. Mm -hmm. She was so afraid of being abandoned that she would constantly talk about it. Mm -hmm. and, like, don't, you know, don't dick me over. Or I have been dicked over, blah, blah, whether or not she was, because she was also a compulsive liar, or I said okay. is. Okay. But, but <laughs> it, would, it would create situations that would, you know, stop us from actually getting as far as we could so that was a negative aspect of that and that 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 introduced the whole idea of okay why am i putting my art out there if it's gonna hurt hurt me or 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 like turn me off from the whole thing yeah why you know i don't want to do this anymore because I don't want to deal with this sort of like cutthroat yeah. bullshit or or these these lies. Well, it's making it's, it's, and it's making what I what I really enjoy doing becoming to be you know and this is this isn't even just due to her but just yeah, anybody. just anybody when when you're in that situation where it just becomes to be I'm not even fucking enjoying this anymore. Yeah, it poisons you know I mean? the process. It yeah. takes something pure and 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 a beautiful thing, and it tries to it's a, it's it's a caging an animal and. It's you know no no. I was made to World, run man. free. <laughs> yeah, 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 we're like a bunch yeah. of fucking orcas in in Sea World. It's like you know what this this is bullshit. This is not cool. Yeah, and that's gross. That's that's all. I mean, all of that is totally true. Um, and also, I th I think that it it helped me understand a little bit better, like what my definition of an artist is, and 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 like I mean like the Davids. Um, regardless of all the shit that goes down, regardless of the many fucking barriers and sand traps and everything else that come up, you guys are still like, fuck it, I'm still gotta make my shit, I gotta get, I gotta get my studio together, like, I need to get to this new project together, and, you know, like, I was like, fuck, I need a new fucking gig, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I need to figure out another way to, to feel like the talent's and the abilities that I've I found in in those what three four years of doing art, like trying to make it in that world or whatever, take those things, take the you know the systems that I basically set up while doing that, like build you know building an Etsy shop and like you know whatever, um, and actually like make it so that I don't have to deal with all of that that other end of like yeah create some absolutely. not have to depend on somebody yeah, yeah trying to define it as art 
yeah. as a, is is less necessary for me than than trying to make some fucking money and do things with my hands that are cool, you know. <clears throat> so then I, you know, I started branching out into building sets and you know, making neon and and um you know, learning how to fix refrigerators and you know, like, it's always it's it's literally it's Which always was very handy in our place because we had a shitty refrigerator and a shitty fucking. Oh yeah, that's uh, what you guys would have that shit all rigged up and everything. Yeah, also, it's all into the work. It's just fucking insane. Like so much fun, right. but, but like that, that kept the the studio running. I mean, a, a lot of those things that happened in that apartment because it was a disaster, of of. Of you know it wasn't updated or whatnot, mm -hmm. like his know-how kept you know the place running. Oh, so absolutely! We, the major built. construction that happened in there was unbelievable. Dude, I know? mean, I mean, if you want, if you look at it from like, and this is kind of where my head goes automatically. Like that refrigerator was as much of, of an quote-unquote artistic yes. expression yeah. as making that first box. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. and you know, I I see Marcus's reaction to. What we already were aware of, because we were dealing with people like and before that, that once you know you start to get pigeonholed and and defined and categorized of the type of art you do, the type of artist you are, mm -hmm. you know, uh, he wasn't having any of it. <laughs> wasn't having any of it, and I think he only stayed on as long as he did with the galleries and the gallery system because there was a brotherhood between him and I and some of the other uh, artists, yeah, yeah. and yeah. I wanted him to be there when we got on the plane and on the train and, mm -hmm. and traveling through Europe and doing the installations because to have him on the team yeah, cool meant pilot. that yeah. no matter yeah, what, things are going to get done mm. because yeah. I'm going no matter what and I'm going to get it done. But if I have somebody like him, mm -hmm. it's like not only is it going to get done, it's going to get done fucking right. I'm going to learn something from it and it's going to be a fucking hilarious, awesome time. Mm -hmm. And it was like against the world – like. It, yeah, it was like having that sort of compadre was was like to show uh, like to show everyone this is how it's done. That's easily the most beautiful it. thing that anybody has said about me. Ever. <laughs> <laughs> right here on this fucking, I'm not even fucking around. It's not a joke line. Don't laugh. Oh, so true. That's like. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, ultimately, at the end of the day, all I want to do is is, is be capable, you know. And that's makes, all. Makes that's stuff. All that really fucking matters to me is being capable, being useful, mm -hmm. you know, being able to eat is sometimes nice. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> that's a good add-on. Yeah. yeah. So I, I mean, so now where you're at is is, is I, I mean, you you. You keep up with that still with the uh, Etsy shop and, and 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 doing the signs and doing the multiple neon things that you're doing and everything else or yeah I mean it's I mean it's all it's all um, it's all uh, you know there's there's no like quote unquote fine art or object art element left in my existence right now um, I still I still have a few pieces around that I fucking love and I'll probably never get rid of because. They were right at the tail end of everything where like I was I actually started to have intention, but I hadn't gotten so like um I don't know, confused that um it still feels like stuff that I would make. But but yeah, no, now it's it's just uh you know, just gigs basically. It's you know, doing the neon and um which 
you know, like and, and when I when I do, say like when I say like I do neon and I don't do art anymore, people go, well, un, well, neon is art, and I'm like, yeah, now, right now, it is. Like neon is everywhere in the art world, but I don't really do that kind of neon, you know. Like I don't do pithy sayings for the the wall of the gallery. Mm-hmm. So there are some, you know, like there are some neon artists out there right now who are who are actually doing really fucking amazing things with the medium. Um, and I don't know. I would. I, I, I mean. I mean. And it's not to float your boat. I mean, it's true though. I, I think what you're doing is pretty fucking amazing too. It, it is. You know? And it is amazing. And it's amazing on the same level that, like, you know, like, um, like for for centuries, like Japanese woodworkers have been creating these inc- these fucking insane perfect joints in in raw wood with nothing but like the smallest of utensils mm-hmm. and those buildings have stood for millennia yep, centuries not millennia centuries yeah. and um though if, if anybody's a fucking artist those motherfuckers are artists mm-hmm. but they don't they don't sign their shit you know what i mean yes, like, yes, and there's yes, people yes. who are doing that right now there are people who are devoting hours and hours and hours of time just to make a perfect mortise and tenon joint mm-hmm. and no one will ever sing their praises yes. you know no one's ever gonna spend five hundred thousand dollars on one of their joints mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know what i mean mm-hmm. and i don't i mean, i don't know i don't like there's there's a separation between those worlds that honestly i think is necessary yeah in order for but as, I'm, I'm not going to call it craftsmanship yeah. so much. I think it's art, just like I think it's art, just like a good, you know, gallerist, yeah, um, who does their shit right and supports her artists and also gets you know buyers who are awesome. That's yeah. an art. See, ex- exactly. It, it, you know, it's it comes kind of what we talked about before, but it, but but the, there's that point of where where it's just like. I like to just make stuff, and I'll let other people define what it is. You know what I mean? Yes. If they want to yes. call, if they want to call it a They're fine art painting, or they want to call it a, a sculpture or whatever else, great. You know, but I, I just want to make the work, and yes, you sir. know, and work. I just want to work. Yeah, and that know? and shouldn't be bothered with that other part of the job where you're trying to worry so much about what type of art you make, yes, who is your audience, blah blah blah. I mean, that's you're you're wasting your time. You're, you're Flat out, you're wasting your time. Yeah, yeah. Which could be much better used in actually evolving and, and honing your craft, your skill. And I, there seems to be in this in this time a mad rush of people who are you know self-proclaimed artists or mm-hmm. want to be artists running to make sure they get like that 15 minutes of fame is yeah. like that's what they're going for. That's the goal. Yeah. That's the society and, that, we're, that we're in. <laughs> yeah, currently now, and and the artists they want. They that that's the, what they're after. Mm-hmm. They're not really after that 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 intangible, abstract, nebulous thing that an artist receives by tapping into, let's say, a collective unconsciousness or triggering an emo, a, 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 you know a, a global universal emotion. Mm-hmm. That were the real, the real substance, the real understanding, yeah, the real meat or, of it. or progress. Like you feel like you're you're actually elevating. In the short period of time we have in our life, to get a, some grasp of what is truly important, or in, beyond, you know, eating, fucking, and sleeping, and shitting. Like, okay, we got to do these things, but what, 
while we're here, what are we going to gather right. and what are we going to give? Yeah. You know, and and, and I think that that comes with the I think that that comes with the older that we get and the maturity and the and and, and the it, because it, that other and part of it is more of that experience. young man's game. You know what I mean? Of like, yeah, I want to be famous. I want to be this. I want to be have my fifteen minutes or what people hope probably if they have more yeah than because their 15 they, minutes, but, but, yeah when they get yeah. the fame the touch of fame they they feel like that is the notch. That right. of 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 success, and and by many people that is how people read success, mm-hmm. but it really isn't. It is all emperor's new clothes, and it's yeah. not the notches the body success. Of it. Yeah. Well, yeah, once you, know? you get that fifteen minutes, then you have another choice to make because then that fifteen minutes ends. Are you going to go for another fifteen minutes, or do in getting it do you realize like we've all, all three of us have gotten that moment. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, th- I would I would say like within ourselves where we're like fuck that's it wow like look at this I'm, I'm there yeah. baby and then what ha- like then the next day you wake up and you're like fuck I can't pay the rent today yeah, and nobody like, gives nobody, a fuck yeah yeah. Yeah. Nobody, mm-hmm. nobody. yeah 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 they're 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 not there to praise you when you can't fucking pay your bills <laughs> that's exactly right yeah so now what the fuck are you gonna do? you yeah. can't cash that in and yeah. if that happens. Sometimes it all takes us once, but sometimes it, it can happen over and over again. But sooner or later, I think that unless unless all you want to do is do that like weird fucking peak hop, it's not even plateau hopping; it's mm-hmm. peak hopping. Then you gotta you gotta you gotta figure out something more tangible to aspire to, mm-hmm. you know. And I think that's kind of where all of us have gone. I mean. That, the whole the whole ninety three Second Avenue fucking crew, we've all kind of we've all kind of splintered and we've all kind of gone and 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 found new things um, to to do with our time, and I think a lot of that has to do with the, the that we've we've found we've found the ability to give a shit about what it is that we end up like, you know, waking up to every morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, not even what direction we're in or whatever, but just like when we wake up in the morning, what's you know what's what's going to get us through that day? Mm-hmm. And you know, it's harder to wake up in the morning when you're fucked up until fucking six o'clock. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> you know? It's hard to. Yeah, it's. Yeah. I mean, but at the at the same time, like all of, like all of those moments, they ended up being. They ended up like this. No matter how fucked up we were, no matter how late it was, no matter what we started out doing, no mm-hmm. matter how ridiculous the fucking the, the nonsense was, we always ended up at a certain port- point in the night doing exactly what and we're doing. Having this kind of conversation. Yeah. Which is talking about like what we actually give a shit about, bitching about the people who are fucking us over, bitching about the way we're fuck over ourselves, mm-hmm. bitching about society, and then like finding ways to either help each other get through that shit mm-hmm. or taking fucking solace in the fact that somebody else has is going, through, going that. through that shit. I'm I mean, not alone. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's, <laughs> what, that's what I think we need, that, that camaraderie and the, the in, uh, being open to being enlightened by the people that you believe in Absolutely. and trust and, and realize that, you know, yeah, you figured shit out, but you're not done figuring shit out mm-hmm. because the stuff you figured out becomes obsolete absolutely unless you decide to sit in it and if you want to sit in it you're going to wind up you know either being alone or uh you know accompanied by other sitters and then you're just it's it's a you're almost gonna be fighting your whole time trying to get get out of it 
Right. You know what I mean? Like if if you were just to sit there and sitting within it, you know, could just trying to get out of it, but not knowing how to fucking get out of it. I don't know. You know. Well, that's. I mean, and that's that's the curse. That's the curse. Like like half half of this this conversation today has been about like I can't pay the rent and I'm still broke and yeah. New York punches me in the fucking tit every time I try to you know go out and and do something good, and and that unfortunately is the choice that is made when one doesn't want to sit. Mm-hmm. When, when when one isn't willing to get to a certain level of whatever it is comfort or success and you know there's there's i mean there's a lot to be said to saying fuck it like i've got a, a job that will end up being a career and you know i can live for the weekend and <laughs> my vacation <laughs> and everything else i just kind of keep stump about like i'm not going to talk about my you know 75 to 80 percent of my life in my social media or in my day-to-day or whatever because I fucking hate it, I'm going to aggrandize those moments where I get to step out of my life and I'm into that, you know, 15 to 20% that looks amazing. Yeah. And not have to look back later on down the road and go, what if I just have done, did that or tried to do that, you know? Right. Yeah, because we're going to do that anyway, no matter what. That's true. That's true. But at least, but at least... Yeah, at, le- at least at least maybe hopefully I can look back and say, well, maybe I just should have done that better. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, but ultimately, like, or are, are you glad I didn't? I'm um, I'm so glad I didn't do that with with them. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we, yeah, we yeah. didn't do yeah. that. Like, you were in good company. You you know you you there that that life that you had or that that time you had the experience is you can yeah. look back with, with uh, some joy and happiness that's <laughs> like at least we went through that together uh, had a companion yeah, yeah. some shit. or or just you know i don't know you just you, we i think that i think that there are certain people who make the choice to not be comfortable to have shit to bitch about mm-hmm. that you know, to, to to bitch about the kinds of things that the majority of the the friends we have on Facebook from high school have solved. Mm-hmm. You know, they've mm-hmm. they've solved the loneliness. Yeah, they've solved the financial insecurity. They've solved like, what are you going to do for the next thirty years of your life? Kind yeah. of question. You know, they're you know, got you get married, you have your kids, you you buy the house, you mm-hmm. get your mortgage, you get all that stuff laid down. It creates a pocket where there's certain things you don't really have to sweat anymore. It's like buying a couch. Like unless you're, you know, like us ten years ago, you only need one couch. Exactly. (laughs) The one that you found in the trash or at Salvation (laughs) Army. That's right. But once you get that nice couch, like unless unless something disastrous happens, you're not going to need another couch for a while. And I think a lot of a lot of people have have gotten that couch for their lives, for their souls. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. No, 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 no absolutely not. So it's kind of uh, making me want to get a nine to five. <laughs> kind of. No, right? yeah. it's, it's not what it's cut out to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess the outcome to everything is just... Uh, is that there's another outcome. That fucking A. That's true. That's true. That's the fucking yeah. horrible and beautiful truth about it. Yeah. Is that? Because it seems like once you feel like you're getting a hold of it, or, or 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 else once you like not not like you get to a you get to a part of the mountain where you're like, yeah, okay, everything's feeling good again. And then it's right. like that fucking avalanche comes down and hits you back down again. And sometimes back I mean, sometimes again. sometimes it's not an avalanche. You know what I mean? Like, I hate to like I hate to get like get wrapped up in the whole like 
no, it's you're always gonna, you know, get the shit kicked out of you or whatever. Like, yeah. I mean, like some plateaus are like, like, I mean, as as much as I recognize the fact that like I'm still getting the shit kicked out of me by New York, I also recognize the fact that I'm doing much better now than I was when I got there, mm-hmm. um, and I have a much better idea of what it is that I want. The thing is, is that now, now it's like I know what I want. And so it's a new kind of getting the shit kicked out of me because yeah. now I'm, I'm yes. I can't just kick back and rest on the fact that like, um, that, uh, you know, I can, I can feed myself or whatever. Yeah. Like now I want to have a different kind of, like, I, I want to live by myself. I want to, you know, so now I have to figure out how to make that shit happen. Well, it's almost, it's almost to a part of, it's almost that idea of like never wanting to settle, you know, either on. on Right. But it's, it's like, you don't, you like, you don't start from the same place every time, hopefully start from the same place every time, you know, you, you do have, it's like, it's like relationships, you know, like romantic relationships. You, you feel like you're starting again every time somebody new comes into your life and you, and you start to feel romance or whatever. But you're not starting from scratch. Mm-hmm. Like that new person wouldn't be there if it wasn't for all the people who came before and all the shit that you learned from about yourself and about yeah. them, and about what you're willing to take and what you're willing to fucking not take. And so that person comes into your life and you go, um, you like, you wouldn't allow them in if it wasn't for the fact that you either wanted to have somebody that was worse than anybody that you'd had before mm-hmm, mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. better than anyone that you had before. And obviously that's just your, you know, your way of thinking about that person or your, your, your immediate impression. But that's like, uh, that's, that's all built on your knowledge and your fucking your experience. Yeah, all, all the all, all the background experience that that you had, and, and exactly, and that comes to that idea of that, that we hope that we learn from our our our, our past experiences, whether it's, right. whether they've been good or they've been mistakes or whatever else, and then we put that forth to you know the the, the new ones that approach us, so we're better prepared for them. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, sometimes we, you know, oh, I make the same mistakes over and over again. Oh, no, yeah. it's, a, it's, it's a brand new mistake now, though. That's true. Because That's true. Because last time you made this, a similar mistake, you yeah. you learned that that was not a mistake that you should make. And so now you're making the mistake of pretending like it's a mistake that this happened this time. Yeah. Um, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I do, I do, I do. Because, I, you know... I, Yes, yes, because I'm thinking about like st- still the same situations I put myself into with with time management, and I'm like, I should fucking know by now. <laughs> but right. yet, you know, but it, but it is still different because maybe I did something else that I thought I could have get you know within the recent past that I thought. Yeah, well, even since I did that, an improvement. Maybe right? maybe I thought that I could do this, you know. But yeah, nope, yeah. you know, it's taken me but a lot longer than it, I thought. It might be harder to notice those small improvements because it's an accumulative process, and you are making small improvements along the way mm-hmm. and it's hard to recognize how much worse it could have been if right. you didn't make right. those changes that's exactly and you right. wind up like still you get more used to like uh, beating yourself up about it rather than being like wow i did better this time Cause, right because everything isn't perfect but and we're know, all perfection under- is really not going to happen it's it, we're going to find a way to be like find a crack 
and yeah. it would be like, oh, this I really blew it. Yeah, we're yeah. all under the the Tony Robbins inspired impression <laughs> that like all you gotta do is take this course and do this. Yeah, yeah. And now everything's gonna yeah, be perfect. Another yeah. shim sham man. <laughs> They're fucking yeah. egg. We're all a bunch of fucking yeah. shims. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. That's true. The, 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 uh, um, fuck. Oh, I had a good thing I want to say. Oh, well, at least it sounded good to me. <laughs> it couldn't have been that good if I don't remember it, though. So I, I, I guess where I want to go, where I was headed in my head before I forgot it, was the idea of that if, if, if you never feel like that, you know, you need to improve or, or, or like if I ever get to a point where I feel that I've done the ultimate painting, then mm. the way that I look at that is there's no point in painting anymore. If I think mm. that I've done something that I like, I, you know, once you get to the point of where you feel like you can't grow, well, you might as well fucking drop dead at that point because yeah. it's the, you know, I don't think, I don't think we'll get to that point be, ever, not. Really, because it's not even just about making a great painting. It's about making a great painting about something like capturing something that, isn't constant yeah. you know it's oh things are always changing what's happening in your life personally and mentally is is changing so it, i mean it, it, the painting is really the, the, just a relic of what you're trying to become as a person yeah, and that and human being yeah. and that is always changing on your surroundings your environment the people you're with you know how you your mood your health yeah this yeah. is always you know, fluctuating. Yeah. So yeah, I should have phrased that by saying more of like exa exactly. You can but do. You your can. Life is yeah. Shit. Yeah. Or, or, or else doing well, and yeah. you made a shitty painting. Yeah. I think I more or less meant that is like if you ever feel like you fully reached your potential, then then mm. that's that's kind of what there's no you know. I mean, might as well close it up. Yeah, it's it's a fucking well. It's like it's an ejaculation when yeah. you're done when you're done coming. Yeah. You, you know, chances are, unless, you know, you're a young stud, you're ready to get right back in there and do it again. Yeah. yeah you yeah. need a break. You yeah. know, it's like, it's a, it's a, like I'm done. Feeling good. <laughs> I'm done feeling good. You know, there's no need to, like, try and feel good anymore. This is as good as I'm going to feel. Yeah. But, you know, then you get back to, like, oh. I could feel better. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I could feel a little better than this right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm the same person. Yeah, you know, I kind of remember what that felt like. Right, let's get back there again. Yeah. Oh, you know what? I want to feel that good again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's the horrible analogy. <laughs> <laughs> that was I mean, actually pretty good. I mean, it's it's apt. It's an apt analogy. <laughs> That's just kind of gross. Yeah. Well, <laughs> only because I just acted it out. You can't yeah, see yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm a very, you know. <laughs> Luckily for you, listeners. And I need to show visual. you what I mean. Yes. Yeah. Just in case. I don't want any misunderstanding. There, yeah. was, there were gestures. <laughs> were shocking. I like physical comedy. <laughs> Some shocking visual gestures. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh. Fuck it. I mean, a, a great deal of how I've survived this long is through all this confusion and work and, and, and strife is, is having that camaraderie and, yep. and, um, and you know, the, the, the common ground as well as the completely different worlds, you know, mixing and not having to be one or the other, yep. you know. It's important not to feel like you're alone when you're going through. Yeah, that not shit, alone, you know? or you, or 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 the boss. Yep. You know, mm -hmm. you know, it's your way or the highway. No, it's got to be anyway. 
Yeah. You know, and because none of us are really smart enough to figure out what the best way is. No, all the I time. mean, I yeah, we're just. I mean, not to call you guys dumb or anything, but we're all fucking dumb, right? Well, like, well yeah, I yeah. think it's a great deal we don't know yeah. or understand. Or, you know, I could say I'm dumb because, you know, I'm, I'm not successful financially, right? You, know, you could say, oh, what an idiot. But, you know, there's plenty of opportunities I had to be that, right. of course. But I would have to make certain compromises right. that I didn't want to make. Right. Not because I didn't know any better, but because I did know better. I'm like, I know if I go down this road, this is going to happen to either me, my work, my life, mm -hmm. my surroundings. And, you know, some decisions I made were, were the right ones, some were the wrong ones. doesn't mm -hmm. matter. But I, like, my, I think, I don't know. My point is really, like. That's the dovetail. It's right stay, back. Stay, if I was so fucking smart and I followed every, like, good idea that I had, I would probably be a lot more lonely. I would probably be a lot less accomplished as an artist was what I chose I wanted to be. Right. Like, I, I didn't choose to be a plumber and decide to study cooking. You know, I would have been an <laughs> unsuccessful plumber. Like, I wanted to be an artist. I wanted to, to, to follow that road. And that meant opening myself up to certain vulnerabilities and dangers and suffering mm -hmm. uh, to, to, to be able to taste the certain successes and and rewards that come with that you know because that's the flavor i want that's right. what i yeah, want yeah. don't give me tutti fruity when i want chocolate i want chocolate i don't know it sounds like it would be delicious it does sound like it would be delicious. it's kind of like fruitcake oh fruitcake or those those nougats with those like well, color fruit. was the oh best. my god those are the worst i lost oh, the no, I'm fruit I lost a tooth in one of those fucking nougat things at ShopRite. I think I stole it the pin bit. You know, I was like, was like with my mom. I'm like, I think when I bit into it and I lost my tooth, I'm like, talk about not getting away with a crime. Not only did I not I'm surprised that didn't turn you off from candy for the rest of your life. It's like this Islamic Shira, what is it, law? That Sharia. Sharia law where like I stole a candy, I lost a tooth. Those candies, those candies look like they're part of a clown. Or, yeah, or the slime, yeah, <laughs> it is clammy. It's like you slice it to a nice. Juicy Those, that's like that. That's like that like, nougat with the uh, with all with all the jelly, jelly shit in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Can I can I ask a question? Did you lose a baby tooth or did you lose an adult? No, it was tooth? it was it was a baby tooth. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just a like, permanent front tooth. <laughs> I mean, I've been poor. <laughs> <laughs> I've never succumbed to being like, if I'm going to steal something, I'm going to steal a steak if right. I'm hungry. I'm not going to be like, oh, man, I'm starving. I'm going to steal some candy. Well, it just would be, have been a much more impressive story Yes, <laughs> about the power of the, the clown meat candy and it, if it had been an adult tooth that was and, and the state of the tutti fruity in that to replace the tooth. <laughs> <laughs> and I should probably take better care of my teeth. Bring back bottle care, damn it. <laughs> I went out to the store to get some soup. <laughs> I lost the tooth stealing candy. Horrible, horrible candy. Oh, God, the worst. Clown meat candy. <laughs> oh, oh, good times. Good times. It has been a fucking long time. It's annoying as fuck. Yeah, it's hard. It bothers the shit out of me, you guys. It really does. I miss you guys very, very fucking much. Every fucking day. Yeah. yeah. I miss all this fucking stuff. I understand. It's cool. 
We're all fucking <laughs> all doing our shit. But it's fucking yeah. Sometimes it's a, it's kind of a drag, and it's it is. and it's and it's also really great to have moments where you know we get to find each other again for a few minutes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I really appreciate. Well, uh, I think the thing was is too is just going from having it all the time into like you know. Yeah, you know, to dead silent. Not, not at all. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, we were geographically all split off. You yeah. know, yeah. everybody was like, I mean, it was always hard enough to see Stupakis because you know he would hardly ever leave his chambers, <laughs> which is understandable. I, I don't leave mine either. Right. But you know, there was. We were lucky enough to have the chamber where everybody could go and yeah. be, be safe and open and messy and whatever. Yeah. That was that was the glory of ninety three Second Avenue is mm -hmm. that. It was one place that was totally secluded from the rest of yeah. the fucking East Village or the world, really, yeah. that we could all gather and and fuck shit up. Or, yeah, we could misbehave. We could do whatever yeah. without judgments. Or We already knew like all the bad behaviors yeah. that we did. Right. We already knew about that. It wasn't nothing to hide. It's like, right. okay. I ran, into, I ran into Samantha the other day. Remember Samantha? What's that? Smith Eleven, I think the, so. Glasses. She used to curate uh, yes. some parts of. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, 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 and I was talking to her, like I ju just ran into her like a couple days ago, and mm -hmm. that, and I was talking because um, I had, I had, I had this guy, uh, I had my friend Nick with me, and that, and uh, I was because I was explaining how we knew each other, and I said, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty much um, through my friend David Hockbaum. And that, and uh, he had a studio um, at Second uh, Avenue, and I was describing the studio and basically saying that it was it was like it. That place reminded me of of what it was to be in the '70s in New York, you know, mm. like an artist, like what what you would think of, you know, like back when the artists were all here in the '70s and like you know. Yeah, fucking, I think that. That's what I was after in my life and my passion, like what I wanted, what I longed for. And I think what we did was we created that universe because we wanted that. Mm -hmm. And we, we manifested it by our desire for things that were that 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 resonated that that sort of yeah. feeling, that that openness, but at the same time, like no slackers. No, you know, no, it, exactly. It was just so but between Marcus and yourself, it was just always just this all explosion of product uh, of, of production that was yeah, happening there. Don't get in there, the right? way was like the main rule. exactly. Don't get in the way of the progress of the creative process. Don't and don't 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 fucking don't don't stamp out the fire. If, yeah. if you become a threat to the flame, right. you will be very casually. But forcefully or not erected, or not so casually. Yeah, depending on your reaction, <laughs> you're out. You're just out yeah. because you know what you you. We were also aware of like what was happening and it is happening in New York City. How people have been pushed out, yeah. you know, because of the cost of things and because the culture of things. It's like we, if you were a threat to this this little oasis, yeah. you you we're we're gonna we're gonna slow down the process right. of. The, that destruction by getting whatever that was out of the situation, out of the picture, yeah. if we could, yeah. you know, yeah. and yeah, that was it. That was one of the greatest successes in in when I look back. Absolutely, what I've done without like it being a job, without it being a career, without it being like something that I've written out. I'm going to do this. It just it happened because of the right people around, yeah. the right energy around. 
And so and it was go- always so amazing to see people's for the first for new people's experiences, whether it was a silk screen party or whether or, or, or whether it was a salon show that was happening mm-hmm. there or whether it was just a hang night or whatever. But people's first uh, new new people's first experiences in there and mm-hmm. watching their faces light up and just, you know, kind of, you know, being able to leave there and knowing that they were probably, you know, a part of it because a, the, a, essence, yeah, exactly. the essence of the, the goals, what we're after is about sharing and not necessarily, it's not about like creating something and hoarding it, right. which is a great deal of how people behave nowadays and, and not sharing either their knowledge of, of, of technique or, or how they pay. People are so scared and protecting their stuff. Like, don't do this, don't do that. You know, which is understandable because sometimes people straight up steal and fuck them. But <laughs> we also like what we were doing was for us, but was to be shared was mm-hmm. like, there was enough, uh, uh, of to, to to for others to walk away with an experience that they felt like they like you said were part of it, mm-hmm. you know wasn't elitist, in in sense that you couldn't have the opportunity to be part of it. It was only elitist in the sense that if you were coming to be against it, right. chances are you 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 were not going to be allowed in yeah. circle. Yeah. Yeah. Although, you know, a lot of people, you know, who were, you know, abrasive and rubbed the wrong way, sure. you know, because you got to have dark to the light. Including yeah. ourselves. Yeah. You know, because <laughs> <laughs> you know, we have to, you know, play both sides of the coin as, as yeah. we're for well-rounded human beings. Yeah. And, but, you know, there is always there's always the element of the, of you know, the the the, the challenge and the, the challenge is always welcomed because if there is no challenge, then it's boring. I don't want to be. You know, without being kept on my toes mm-hmm. about things and being presented with new challenges or even old challenges to you know keep up my skills. So if you want to come at me, all right, okay, that again. I know how yeah, to yeah. deal with that. Yeah. But every once in a while, you know, it'd be a surprise challenge, which is nice to have. Mm-hmm. Or you know, have the, the 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 guy who's gonna come to the party and be like, okay, keep an eye on this guy because <laughs> yeah. you know, he keeps drinking all the free beer. <laughs> Yeah, or sometimes you know, you know, you know, Sobchak would even show up, you know, to one of the poker games or something, you know, and he had a pregame, you Test, know, he was out somewhere style. like happy hour, and we show up blackout sassy, we would call him, you know, <laughs> when Sobchak would get all Texasy, and he became that, you know, that that light would a fucking wrestling match would break. Out. Yeah, and he would become blackout sassy. And I, would, uh, like, I was there myself. <laughs> yeah, I would get a physical altercation with him because of, he didn't like the way Silo, the cat, looked at him at that particular moment. It'd be like, okay. And it'd be like, what'd you say to me? It'd be like, I didn't say anything. Well, you know, he'd come at you would be like, whoa. Somebody was having a little bit too Mount Gaze and Cokes. He would have his Mount Gay and Coke, his rum and Cokes, and high fi uh, you know, he would switch. The light would switch in him and be like, okay. This didn't need a new guy to that. add to the party. It'd just be Mark flipped on his head and they'd be like the darkness. Or myself <laughs> or anybody. Or Mark, is there any? Or yeah, you? Yeah, yeah me. Funny <laughs> that. Yeah. I'm like, okay. Is this going to go to blows for absolutely no reason? Yeah. I've been escorted out. Yeah. Sometimes because only because you didn't live there. You'd be escorted to your room. If yeah. you but, you know, this is like, uh, yeah. You know. yeah. But, which, which brings me to Marcus. You've you, you've been doing you, you've you've been doing quite a few things. I mean, at this point, you've you've totally changed the whole the, the, that whole part of it. You have a stage in there. You have an upright piano in there. Yeah, you've, yeah. you've got the uh, benches in there and everything. I mean, you've had couple uh, quite a few events, there, right? Yeah, um, I tr- I try. 
I tried yeah. um, uh, to, I don't know, cut, try and kind of live up to the uh, the promise of that space, mm-hmm. you know, and the history of that space. Uh, and I've thrown a few events, um, and some of them have gone well, some of them haven't. It's uh, the, the problem that I'm running into is that uh, it's it's just me. Yeah, yeah, like I, you know, like yeah, things can be much easier when you have a team. Yeah, like to to throw a to, to throw a silkscreen party. It was surprising how much more difficult it was when there wasn't a couple of other people who were there who could take care of this part of it or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, it can get done, but at this point, I'm working so much to try and keep that space mm-hmm. um, that uh, I don't have the energy or capability to put together anything that's super strong. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, cause if something is a team effort and you don't have a team, oh, then it's just effort. Yeah, yeah. Then it's just work and you're not going to get, you You become responsible for every part of it mm-hmm. and a great deal of the successes that will happen. You can't delegate things. Oh, and, good. Yeah, yeah it, it was even unspoken. Like people, we knew what needed to get done and it, we'd just look around. One person would look around, this isn't done, and so that would get done. Mm-hmm. But if it's just one person looking around, it's like nothing's getting done, i got to do everything. Mm-hmm. It's so difficult. Mm-hmm. And that the energy gets you know stifled and so much of the success that happened was because of just energy right. and word of mouth and enthusiasm. Right. And, and that organic process made it a success and you know what's crazy too about that just to like go off of that whole organic thing is that like it was for whatever reason before like instagram stories and whatever facebook invites and all that shit yeah it was so incredible how much organic fucking advertising happened for all of these events word of mouth Really, Word of mouth, I mean, yeah. and just like a, a simple like email invite to a list yeah. of people. Once, or, one invite, right? One time, text your buddies, whatever. And twenty percent of the people who showed up was because of that invite. The rest were because somebody because told somebody, somebody heard about it. There's yeah. going to be a party at this place or whatever, and people would show up. And and quite honestly, like that shit doesn't fucking happen anymore. And it's really weird to me. Like we have this very very like seemingly effective. A wide-reaching tool mm-hmm. to reach out to um, a, a vast number of people who uh, we assume give a shit about what we're doing and 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 are interested in our lives. And I mean, we're sharing so much information with them that obviously, if they're still there, they give a shit, right? Mm-hmm. But it's not. <laughs> it's, it's well, not this could go right into that conversation. The problem with with all that kind of behavior is that that that. That we feel like we're sharing experiences via social media when we're really not, but mm-hmm. when people confuse that they're experiencing something, mm-hmm. and the experience is had and done. You don't yeah. you don't have to go out. You don't have to go and do the thing right. because you've just had an experience. But you're not really not experiencing anything, right. and you're like, oh, right. experience is exhausted. The experience is used up, but right. it's actually never been done. It's never been had. Mm-hmm. Just it's a, the idea has been tricked in your head that you've mm-hmm. done something or you feel you know something. You right. know what it's like. You press to a, feel it. You press a heart button and you've and you've, you've participated. <laughs> yeah, 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 right. You've right. said your piece about you know Obamacare or and fucking racism yeah, and, or whatever. And, and somebody yeah. has noticed, and you've then become part of of a so-called conversation. Right. But that's not a conversation. Yeah. Right. I've seen the photo of them playing the music. I don't need to go. 
both he actually hear it, you know? Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> I, I didn't even hear it, but I still seen the photo. Phone up, taking videos, getting ready to share it with yeah, all. Yeah. Like, even the people there are not even having full, like, the... the no, because they're too busy, yeah, yeah. Trying to control the experience, mm-hmm. trying to manipulate it into a... a Making a, it about themselves. A, 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 a low-res JPEG yeah. or, or, or fucking whatever, MPEG, and it's, and it's, it's a sad... Self-devouring situation, like we're do- you doing it to yourself. It's very self-destructive. Mm-hmm. It's like everybody's a fucking cutter out there. Mm-hmm. Everybody's like with their like just hurting themselves by thinking that what you're doing with the phone is enough right. uh, to fulfill the, the the need to experience and to grow from that experience. Mm-hmm. Nothing is growing. It's like everything's halted. You're fucking. You're deadheading every possible experience. By 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 just liking it, right. it's like that's it, that's done. I've seen it, but you don't, you don't know it, and you're also killing the experience because that experience needs to needs you to participate. We right. need, we right, need right, participants. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I need you to be there. I need you to to add to it, and add to it spontaneously. Don't come show up and think, oh, this is you know we're not we're not playing parts in an, an acts in a play. Yeah. You know, it's spontaneous mm-hmm. and. And mysterious, and you take that away from it. I don't. I don't want you there. <laughs> you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. The most, the, the, the most frightening part about this whole thing is it's only the beginning. That's true. You know what's funny, guys, is that these are the conversations of old men, and old men have been having these conversations yeah, for true. a really long time. Yeah. Like the world is changing, and the kids today. Yeah, I know. Nobody I knows know. what they're doing anymore. And at the same time, like these are the conversations that we've been having since we all first met. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you, I'd much rather have an old man conversation about not knowing what the kids did than being a 35-year-old, a 40-year-old man doing what the kids are doing. Amen to the fucking Because then then you're just like, really, dude? What are you, a fucking 13-year-old girl? Amen to that. Like, with unicorns and this and cutesy and that. (laughs) (laughs) Is that how you're attracting attention? Amen. Yeah. Writing yeah. on your liquor or whatever the kids do. <laughs> what do kids do today? Yeah. I was just having that conversation with a buddy of mine a while ago of just saying to him about, the, I'm like, am I that guy now? Because I, it's with the, all the new music and everything else. It's just, I mean, there's a lot of new, I still do get into some newer stuff, but the majority of shit that I hear today because of the, the either over-processed or, or digitally what they're doing and all this other or just pop stuff i just i can't fucking get into it i just don't get it but so it makes me go am i that guy now well yeah you are and also i mean there's there's no doubt and i don't think it's just because i'm biased or i have a a very opinionated person a lot of what we hear music wise specifically is it's it's popular (laughs) because it sounds uh, familiar because mm-hmm. it's copied. Yeah, it's it's yeah. either redone riffs mm-hmm. with a different lyric <laughs> directly taken or sampled, or it's just the same boring riff, the same hook. It's like, yeah. oh, that hook worked ten years ago. It'll work again, and it will. But you think because that, somebody else is going to listen to it? Do you think that, that that's different from saying taking the blues to rock? Like, yes. you know, it, 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 you, you do still it, feel that that's different. Yes and no. Yes and no. Because, I mean, that has a lot of different, you know, baggage uh, with it, you know? Yeah, yeah sure, sure. Yeah. It was like the 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 distance uh, that music went from, let's say, you know, the, the um, you know, the 50s to the 70s, that journey is very different from, let's say, the 90s to now. 
the difference yeah. between One Direction and, and New Kids on the Block is not the same difference as blues to in the 50s to rock yeah to, to yeah, like to rock in the 70s you know, like you know the one of the to, new kids on the block are basically the same fucking band yeah yeah it's yeah. just 20 years separated but it, but it happened too in the 70s led zeppelin i mean the majority of their catalog is you know is american black music yeah, yeah. you know elvis too elvis did it before them but yeah. it, but it was it was also like you know, accompanied with the uh, persona and the, uh, and the cult of personality and all this other kind of stuff. Nowadays, you hear this pop music. It is created and generated for one specific reason. It's to sell it. Sure. And that's yes. it. And, and and all the other stuff, you know, granted that happened all, all through time. Like record companies all want to sell. But it was there was a lot more. Yeah. There was a lot more meat to it than than, than than now of what I'm seeing. Ultimately, Supac, it's okay for you not to like pop music. Yeah, see, that's, that's okay. Good, good, Because <laughs> that's what I was. Because it's like I don't want to be that guy, but it's just like. But at the same time, it's just like I don't get it. I don't fucking it's a get lot it. Of garbage. I mean, look what look what's happened to like you know not just pop music. What's happened to rap music? A lot of the contemporary stuff you hear just sounds like lazy robots. Yeah. Like turn off the fucking machine. Say something. You know, you can you can you enunciate just a little. Just open your mouth a little bit. Yeah, like the whole like, mumble. Yeah, you're mumble. You're too busy rap. in between whatever it is you're doing to to record the track. Or just like. Well, this is oh, this is what's gonna sell. Really, you just sound like a lazy robot, and and, and it's just garbage. Mm-hmm. It's, Those beats were tight. Yeah, they were tight fifteen years ago. Yeah, my hate on hating on music is a, a whole different episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, I know, I know. It's probably too deep thing, especially at this point. Where I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I tell you, you know, it, these conversations are much better if there is somebody who actually works in that business who does that terrible right, right. shit. So, because it's got to have a representative yeah. to that. Absolutely, absolutely. It's just, Maybe enlighten it's us. Just, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or, you need or, somebody or, to team up on, basically. Yeah. Well, yeah. I need to, <laughs> <laughs> to go at hard. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, uh, unfortunately, guys, I do got to wrap it up because I got I to gotta head out. But um, uh, uh, so, 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 Marcus, for people. Uh, trying to find you online. What's what's uh, some of the places that they can find you? Uh, I mean, honestly, there's only two places. So plug one my is name. Tinder. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Grinder. Grinder. Because you know that's fun. No, yeah. but in all seriousness, yeah. where people we you've heard about Marcus now from us. Do some exploration. Where we find you? Uh, just just type in Marcus Poston, M A R C U S P O S T O N, in any fucking search engine. If you're using something other than Google, I don't know, yeah. Bing, whatever, and uh, ask Alexa. There you go. Um, there you go. There will and, be, and, and, there will and, be and, basically stuff would come up, and yeah. then you'll you'll be able to say hello or. But on Ed, you have it. You have a shop on. Um, yeah, Etsy will be the first thing that shows up, and that's that's a bunch of neon stuff. You can check me out on Instagram. Same shit. Mark's posting. Easy. Mm-hmm. No, no need to hide it. Yeah. And if you dig deep enough, you'll you'll see some of the things that we talk about the earlier works and, and boxes and, and yeah, construction. Exactly. That's true. That's or that's or even more see. fun. Hey, you know, Everything. give me a shout. Reach out. Um, you know, give me a call nine one seven three zero nine four one seven nine. There you go. are so harmless. They, if they do call you, I think it'll be okay, unless yeah. it's one of Stupakis's followers, because sure. they they get pretty <laughs> pretty crazy and cut there. Don't fuck around with those pirates. Don't edit that out either, Stupakis. All right, all right. I'll leave it in. I'll leave it in. 
message. If you want to actually like get to know me, like fuck my social media shit, just say hello. Awesome. There you go. We'll leave it in. <laughs> <laughs> and David Pox's phone number is <laughs> beep. <laughs> yeah. Well, it is so awesome having you on the show, brother. It's my pleasure. It's, it's great so to talk great. To yeah. It's nice to have this yeah. conversation. It's been a while. Yeah. yeah. Sit around. Way too and maybe long. and maybe when I get back into town, we should maybe do dinner since we do only live about twenty minutes away from each other. That's a great idea. Yeah. Are you back next week? No, I'm 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 going to be leaving. I'm going to be leaving next week, and then I and, and then I'll be be gone for two weeks. Well, Sobchak's in town uh, the rest of this week. Oh, so maybe wow. if we do like Monday or Tuesday night, maybe we can go hang out. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Let me know. Oh, Yoko Cho. Yeah. yeah they, well, yeah, they, well, that's what. Well, you know, I mean, if, if we're going to get food, that's where we're going. I mean, fucking yeah. right. we'll, we'll, we'll set it up. Sobchak, we're coming you for you, bitch. Uh, <laughs> Sobchak doesn't listen to our podcast. I mean. Yeah, <laughs> it'd be nice if we, we got to get him on sometime so he can talk like this and so let's turn up the mic. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> so what? You what? <laughs> Marcus, I love you, brother. Love you, David. Love you, brother. And uh, I'll see you guys soon. You got it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, thanks for listening, everybody. Yes, Yes, we have to end the show too. (laughs) That's right. right. (laughs) If you guys want to write us, you know the Gmail. It's it's it's. uh, I almost said your Gmail, David. Uh, It's David Hawk. Give me back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Is not my Gmail. Yeah, it's gbabble at gmail.com. Write us questions for our Q&A segments write us for any ideas that you think you want us to do approach on the show or um, whatever thoughts dreams passions um, dick pics whatever and then there you go into another week yeah. <laughs> Tune in next week. Or Thanks for listening. No, no, I mean, okay, you can edit that part out. Clap. Tune in next week, my friend. Okay. <laughs> Goodbye. <coughs> oh, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yes. Tune in next week. Love you. Bye.